0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America
1: wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A
0: on Oilers Radio 630 chat. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1235 in Edmonton into the Ashley Five Floor's Tax Line 7804960063. Bob, why are you making excuses for the Oilers? This is playoff hockey, not regular season pond hockey stuff. The Oilers need to adjust their game for the playoffs. Dry Settle can't take the close checking. That one comes to us from Lauren. Lauren, at what point when I opened up the entire soliloquy and I said the Edmonton Oilers need to be better in virtually every aspect of the game, giving up two two two-on-ones in the first 90 seconds before they got gifted a power play, Mike Smith... Not settling the team down, maybe not reading the game situation and insisting on playing pucks all the time didn't help. Clefbaum and Larson not good enough. The top line not like I what I am saying is could you have imagined? Twitter in 1982, when the—I mean—the Hawks are a good team with championship pedigree. Could you have imagined what this would have been like back in 1982, when the Oilers lost to LA in five games? As uh, we are momentarily going to go to John Shannon, uh, let's do this. John Shannon is our headliner today for the fine folks. Where did the liner go? There it is for Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at TouchbackSafety.com. The Chisler down in Vegas, this is the man that's been providing me all of my numbers over the course of the last two months on Las Vegas. By the way, they're now at 50,000 cases. Bob, uh, you're not personally deficient for the record. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you Chisler. Uh, You didn't have to remind us on the 1982 series. Uh, series? Why go down the road? It's Miko Monday for the Oilers. Looking for him to knock the lemon snot out of the Hawks tonight. And is there any chance, Bob, of you moving John Shannon to truculent Thursdays where he can join Louis DeBrusque, Brian Burke, and George LaRock? Out. That one comes to us from the voice from the past, the Chisler.
2: Hello, John Shannon. How you doing? Tell you what, the chisler has got it right. I could take those guys on. You think so? Yeah? Well, maybe not LaRock. He's pretty good. The other two uh, guys. The other two guys. That's fresh meat. That's what that is. Yeah, that's an easy one for you. Oh, come on! You know what? They. they, they, they you know, Louis is a smart guy. Brian's full of bluster. I'm afraid of Larocque.
0: <laughs> January 18th in Toronto, jo- Jonathan Taze, Dominique uh, Kubalik, and Brandon Saad went in on Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. Scored five goals. The Leafs got schooled. Uh, Marner, Marner and Matthews were together that night. They were both dash four in the game, and I remember I, I talked to Ian Herbert after after that game because I went and saw Ian's team play later. The had played Arizona earlier that day, and he's like, "Stop, Jonathan taze is still a hell of a player. Like it's it, it, and even some of the criticism that was sent Connor's way on Saturday, I was like, from some guys in Toronto, I'm like, you guys saw this happen." albeit a regular season game, but a 6-2 game where the Leafs couldn't get the puck when Taze was on the ice. He won, by the way, like 65% of his face-offs too, John. Do people forget this guy's still a great player that knows how to win?
2: I'll tell you what. um, Rudy Tomjanovich, when he was a coach of the L.A. Lakers, said never doubt, or I guess he was Houston, Yeah. uh, the, the Rockets, never underestimate the heart of a champion. The one thing that guys like Taves and Kane know how to do, uh, albeit in short spurts, I think now in their careers, is win. Uh, I I think that that's the one thing you have to put in context, and and Taves and Kane can still lead by example, and Taves certainly did that in game one. Uh, Kane struggled. But at the same time, with everything else and having Kubelik, boy, can that guy shoot the puck. I, I, I've, I've seen him play a couple times this season. I didn't realize he could shoot the puck that well. Uh, but, uh, you know, Taves is, is you know, he's, he's going to go down. We, we talk about leaders in the NHL, and we talk about Wayne and Mark and, and now Sid. Uh, you know, sometimes we forget Jonathan Taves, and yet I think that he will go down as one of the greatest leaders in the history of the National Hockey League,
0: do you think sometimes people forget how hard it is to win, and, and, and also that losing the, fr- albeit it's a concern based on the historical numbers. I think it's like eighty-five percent of the teams lose game one, lose the series. Yeah, but it is a best of five, not a best of one. But
2: it's hard to win, well, John. You, you know, th- and this goes back to your comment <laughs> about uh, Twitter and uh, eighty-two. Um, you know, fans have have this opportunity now to vent. Uh, And the ebbs and flows of emotions that they have are not the ebbs and flows of emotions that when you're around a team or on a team you have. There's no panic with Dave Tippett. There's no panic with Kenny Holland. I don't think there's any panic amongst the players. Uh, What they have to do is learn from their mistakes and move on. We saw a younger, inexperienced playoff team lose to a team... That has veteran leadership that knows how to win in the postseason and knows knows how to grind in the postseason. We saw it. Listen, we saw it last night again in Toronto. That that Columbus team, uh, you know, can remember how it was, what it was like to grind last year uh, against Tampa. Uh, They they know all about it. Uh, The Maple Leafs are still learning how to do that. So from that perspective, I, I, I can see. I can see well. How could Chicago can win the game? The the response tonight to me, I I expect nothing but a a tremendous response from the Edmonton Oilers, particularly Connor, and I hope Leon. uh, From from that perspective, and that that to me, that to me, this to me is a measure game. It's a measure game, Bob.
0: Well, you recall that series with LA back in '82. The Kings won all the high-scoring games, and the Oilers won the two tight games. People forget no. that, and was, the Oilers had that's your Gretzky scored 92 goals.
2: Yeah, uh, I was, uh, I you was produced down them. there. I, I saw, I saw firsthand Bernie Nichols, pupper Nickel. Yeah, I saw that. You know, I saw Marion Mario Lasard let in eight and win.
0: And that was a team that finished 48 points behind Edmonton and had no championship pedigree. Now we're in a time yeah. where, and, and, and that's not like Columbus and Toronto were literally within what percentage points of each other during the regular season oh, they
2: both had 81 points i don't know how many games they played they both had yeah 81
0: so points. yeah i mean uh and and i'll give torts credit i mean he's oh. obvious he and he's a, look he, smart people grow and evolve and no areas that they can get better at, and he has improved as a but, coach but,
2: again if you if you have listened and watched john for the last two and a half weeks uh he was he was prepping for last night's game the first practice sure Uh, And his attitude about his team, how poor they practiced for two and a half weeks and the messages he was giving them, that was all to set up last night. That was all it was to do. It was was as brilliant a tactical coaching uh, we've seen in a long time from from a team. And, 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 you know, when you can have 20 players, 20 good players work together, you can beat five great superstars. Right. That's just that's and that's that's the great equalizer in our game, Bobby. Every it's only guy different than John, any other sport.
0: John, every guy that's ever played beer league hockey knows you're only as good as your worst player that's on the ice. Yep. Any guy who's ever played, like you know, your first team up the five goals with twenty buddies out at the yeah. out at the uh, outdoor rink, right, or out at the pond, who's ever got the worst player? Eventually, that's the guy that gets victimized by intelligent players. And these guys can all process the game to to one degree or another. I mean, it's interesting with the Oilers because if you are at training camp, you could see that I kept saying Ethan Bear is the best defenseman. But what I was really saying was Clefbaum and Larson aren't the best defensemen. In training camp, that's a little bit of a concern to me. And they had, they've they got a clearly – and I'm not just – everybody was in it together on Saturday, right? But sure. though there's two veteran D-men, one guy who plays 25 minutes a game because he's on the power play. The other guy who plays 20 – and the orders were—they struggled with their transition game against Calgary when they were on the ice in that pre or the exhibition game, and they struggled again last uh, on Saturday. So they got to be better. Mike Smith gave away a goal at a critical time, yep. that, you know, and it wasn't his fault that there was five past him. But he'd, he'd take ownership on the first one for sure. Obviously, Connor turned the puck over in the fourth goal. Cassian was completely ineffective in that game. Wouldn't surprise me if we see Archibald. Like, there's a lot of them that are, you know, like they've all got to elevate. You know what I'm saying here, John? Yeah, they
2: do. They, and they, uh, you know what? They knew it at the end of the first period. They knew it. But you, you, you know, it, it takes you time to right the ship. You know, when the other teams when and the the other teams are running on full cylinders. Um, you, you you have to understand that. And this is not making excuses for the Edmonton Oilers. This is giving the Chicago Blacks Absolutely. 100% credit for playing a very good hockey game.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I talked to a player from a team that's in the, in the top four, okay? He brought up a couple points. You know, he's like, for a team like Edmonton, little things. You know, they're up one nothing. And Archibald hits the post. And then right after, Boquist slashes a stick out of McDavid's hands. And he goes, that's all right. And he didn't even call him Boquist. He said number 27. <laughs> and and he goes, they didn't get a call. And then Smith gives away the goal. And you could just, he goes, you could just sense it. Yeah. You know, and, that, and, and, you know and, he, and the same guy said, Bob, if they'd had been in the playoffs, you know, three or four years, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. But they haven't been there for a couple of years. And those sort of things can unnerve a team. So mm-hmm. yeah. so we both expect a better performance. I want to talk about a bunch of other uh, things yeah, that occurred. Uh, I, uh, I said that the Pittsburgh Penguins would win their series against Montreal in two. Uh, I said the Penguins, uh, the Canadians, would not win a period. And uh, uh, Montreal was up after the first period. And then, uh, you know, but goaltending again. I mean, Carey Price in that first period was tremendous, John. Yeah,
2: they won two periods. They won the first one, and they won overtime. So... Um. Yeah, that's that's one of those ones where, when you look at the little things that the Penguins did, I I thought I thought that uh, I thought the Montreal veterans did a marvelous job. I mean Shea Weber. I mean, you know Shea Weber. I had forgotten how physical and good he was. Um, you know Shea Weber was magnificent. Obviously Carey was magnificent. I, we're, we're still we are still waiting. Uh, I think for. For Montreal to try to find some some better ways to get goals. I mean, you know, when when it's your defensemen that are scoring the key goals of the game, you're, you, I, I think if you're Claude Julien, you're still concerned about where a goal scoring is coming from. I fully expect Pittsburgh to come back and I sure. and win three straight. I mean, I I have confidence in what they do. Matt Murray was pretty good last at uh, last game. I, I I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think Malkin and Crosby. Here's the interesting thing: is that and this is a little thing. But the Penguins are staying in the hotel with the other round-robin teams. They're not in the, team with the qua- hotel with the qualifiers. I wonder if that has any effect. I was told by a couple of t- team-, team guys that were play- uh, staying at the Royal York where all the qualifiers are, it is a focused, no-crap hotel right now. Everybody's got the game face on. With the round-robin guys, it doesn't matter as much. The Penguins are over in that hotel. I wonder well, if that has changed it, anything.
0: Well, as you know, Edmonton and Nashville are with the round robin teams at the JW Marriott, the yeah. five and six
2: seats, yeah. and, and they both lost yeah. their I, opening. I, I mean, game. I, we could be making too much of it. But wow, I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh,
0: hold it, hold it! We got a call on the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. It's Oliver Stone. John, he wants to talk to you. So there you go. That's.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's- <laughs> Well, I only I only do these conspiracies to make you feel good, Bob. Well, because you know
0: I'm <laughs> I'm sitting there wearing the tinfoil hat at least half the time myself. Uh, uh, yeah, John Shannon's our uh, our Oilers now uh, insider, Oilers now headliner today for Touchback Safety. Your safety's are our goal. Discover your safety turning solutions at TouchbackSafety.com. Shifley Kachuk. So. Uh, Matthew Kachuk challenges Blake Wheeler to a fight-off, the opening faceoff. First chance he got on the ice. Then he basically, you know, goes to finish his play, and he's an aggressive guy. And I don't think he, put it this way, I think there is an intent to get a shot in on Shifley. I don't think there is an intent to get a skate-up on Shifley. I'm going to give Kachuk the benefit of the doubt. Um, and then he, you know, he, he fought Wheeler, so he took two of their three best players out of the game. Uh, Wheeler got, you know, came back into the game, but Calgary completely dominated the second, third period. Actually, I got to tell you, John, I thought Calgary ran Winnipeg Show, and the Jets are ill equipped to play the kind of game the Flames are capable, in my opinion, the kind of game that the Flames are capable of playing. Uh, was that a suspendable offense, in your opinion, for Matthew Kachuk?
2: I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I mean,. I think I think Matthew, Matthew Kachuk uh plays dirty sometimes, but yep. I don't I don't think I mean, injuries sometimes are a fact of life in the game too. You know, and and from from that perspective, I you know I, I didn't like the play, but it was it suspendable? No, uh, it was a it was a freak accident of a guy trying to finish a check uh, in the on the boards with you know a million things going on i think paul maurice is as upset as he's been said it in uh properly in yesterday's press conference when he said i don't think matthew kachuk went on the ice from the bench with the intent of hurting mark shisley he did yeah. and they and they by the way the jets have just taken the lead in the game
0: so there you go live updates you're uh 17 seconds ahead of my uh apple tv feed that i've currently got up that's set up in front of my computer in the palatials
2: really playing, guys playing instead of uh, of uh, uh, patrick Liney, who's not uh, playing as well today former prince Ge-
0: for yeah former prince george cougars uh yeah.
2: His, yeah. his dad todd played a little bit
0: his dad todd was on the show making the cut he was that's right yeah uh, yeah uh all right uh, a couple others uh vancouver and minnesota uh, talk about uh, you know we knew Minnesota's top four defense was pretty good. Yeah. Spur- Spurgeon's got five goals in his last. By the way, John, did you know that Tyler Innes and Jared Spurgeon were cut from the same Pee Wee team at Edmonton? Well, that I don't must know who that coach was. That must have been the greatest Pee Wee team in the history of Edmonton, and I play and I played against the Saint Albert Pee Wee team. That had six different guys go to major junior off it back in uh, 1978.
2: My, my, my only guess is that Pee Wee coach was trying to, trying to play with size, and neither Spurgeon nor Ennis were going to uh, be in your top six when it comes to size. A
0: couple guys went on the NHL off that Pee Wee team out of St. Albert, Viveros and Todd Ewan. But uh, anyhow, uh, you know, the, the Minnesota defense can really handle a puck. Um, Vancouver, I, I actually thought Vancouver played pretty well in that game. The margins are tight Like that, those two teams brought a degree of physicality that Edmonton did not have against Chicago
2: I think we talked about this Bob I think we talked about Razor's Edge you know, yeah. there's a Razor's Edge between uh, these teams now that everybody's playing healthy now that everybody's playing healthy it's Razor's Edge uh, situation for a lot of the teams in this play-in round in the qualifiers and, and that uh, that to me is uh... John you still there? I
0: am. All right, final one for you. 7,000 tests, zero positives so far in the bubble.
2: Hey, we gotta hap- they got to be they got to be happy. We're give a, we give a ton of credit to the National Hockey League, but we should be t- giving a ton of credit to both public health departments in Ontario and Alberta who have cooperated. This is a real positive for the National Hockey League, and when you hear that the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team has two more yesterday, you have to wonder what's going on with Major League Baseball and what the NA, what the NFL are going to be thinking. But uh, uh, we always believe that once the players got inside the bubble, they were going to be safe. So this is a real good indication in that this tournament can continue and finish the first week in October.
0: Great stuff, John. Thanks for your time. Talk to you boys tonight. You bet that's John Shannon, our NHL insider for Touchback Safety. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jazz Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. When we come back NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing, you're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Miko Koskinen starts tonight for the Oilers. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We go to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromotionalMarketing.com, back in the 630 Ched studios, Brendan Escott.
1: Alright, well, on Saturday, Montreal beat Pittsburgh 3-2 in overtime, thanks to a Paul Byron game winner. Carey Price dominant for the Habs. Calgary handled Winnipeg 4-1 as well, and then yesterday the Leafs shut out 2-0 by Columbus. Vancouver was unable to stall uh, Alex Stalock here out in the west. A Canucks falling 3-0 to Minnesota, and forward Michael Ferland fined $5,000 for spearing into the wild bench last night. It was a nasty little jab he took yeah, there. Yeah, but Hartman grabbed his shirt. He did he was assessed a two-minute minor on the play was Ferlin and also Hartman off of the bench. Um, so Luke, it was Luke Kunin I think or Kunin who ultimately got fined a thousand dollars off the Wild for what they called unsportsmanlike conduct for holding that stick. Oh, it's Kunin. All right. Yeah. Game two between the Jets and Flames is currently underway. You heard it there, John Shannon giving you the update. Jansen Harskins has that one nothing goal uh, so far. Montreal and Pittsburgh have the late game out East. Dallas and Vegas each beginning round robin play. 4.30 this afternoon. And then, of course, the Oilers and Blackhawks dropping the puck at 1.30. Uh, yeah. You didn't mention the Islanders in Florida. Does, is anybody mentioning that series right now? Not on this show. <laughs> not on this show is right. Uh, okay, so Hurricanes and Rangers played earlier today. They've removed the score from Sportsnet. I believe that was four a 4-1 final, it was. And Andrei Svechnikov had the first uh, playoff hat trick in uh, in quite some time, if not in history there, for the Hurricanes. Hawks will not have Drake Kajul tonight. He was suspended a game for that high hit on Tyler Ennis. And Craft Hockeyville has announced the final four Canadian communities. It's Penn, Saskatchewan, Saint-Félicien, Quebec, uh, Tyne Valley, PEI, and Twillingate, Newfoundland. They're all up for the $250,000 grand prize.
0: All right. And one more little uh, side note for you. We've talked a bit about the University of Alberta over the course of the last uh, several Last couple months, since uh, Ian Reid decided that the winter sports teams, which wouldn't theoretically be starting to play until January, would not be playing, that Alberta would be opting out. Uh, Well, there was a song by Romeo Void called Never Say Never. So never say never. We'll see what transpires in that front moving forward. 12.58 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, uh, Troy Murray. Chicago Blackhawks radio analyst will talk a lot about Jonathan Taze and Drew Remenda coming up in the second hour of Oilers Now. We'll also get some of your text tweets, and emails. This is Oilers Now.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.